The South African Jewish Board of Deputies is the organization that engages with the South African government on behalf of the Jewish community. Join Cherie Zephard for the next hour to find out what the SAJBD has been up to. 101.9 High FM. Dr. Tracy Farber is a clinical psychologist with over 20 years of experience in working in the field of trauma. Her PhD focused on child Holocaust survivors and their experiences in concentration camps. From this, she gained deep understanding of trauma and resilience. At the beginning of COVID-19 pandemic, she prepared a PowerPoint presentation to help teenagers develop resilience in the face of adversity. She joins me now to tell me more. Dr. Farber, welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Sharice. Dr. Farber, let's start off with your presentation that was focused on teenagers, but everybody's experiencing different kinds of things at the moment. Does the age you're at affect the way you feel about COVID-19 and how it's affecting us? Sharice, I think that they're generals that we're all feeling. You know, obviously everybody is feeling afraid for their health on different levels. So the threat is the same, but obviously everybody is affected very much by their personality, by their early background, by their early background, the kinds of family they came from, the previous traumas that they had. <clears throat> and then we also have to look at people's developmental life stage. For example, teenagers are suffering in a different kind of a way. Yes, our lower risk, as far as we know, for getting uh, for 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 becoming critically ill if they don't have um, a compromised immune system. But given that teenagers spend a lot of time adolescent socialising, for them the social isolation is awful. They feel like their lives have been interrupted in some way. And if we compare that, for example, to a much older mother who's worried about her children or stuck at home with the children and feeling like she's not managing, we look further on to someone struggling in their old age, feeling terribly alone and knowing that they are very vulnerable to getting COVID and becoming critically ill. We then start to understand that not only is our personal background and our family history important, but our developmental life stage is going to be important in terms of understanding any kind of trauma that one is facing in one's life. Let's start with the elderly people who are very isolated and fear for their health. We've been in this situation for nearly for four months, and I think lockdown for elder people has started even before the rest of the country went in. Do you think, in terms of isolation and fear, what is happening and how can we help those members of our society? Many haven't seen their children in four months. Well, I think that it's very difficult because we are also limited in what we can do. There are a lot of, um, par- of children who can't visit their parents. And if they hear that their parents are rushed to hospital, can't go and visit them either. So I think that we're all having to sit with a lot of powerlessness over this thing that's happened that we don't have control over. And so for everybody, there needs to be a sense of, you know, what, you know, how helpless does one feel and what, what can one actually do? And so certainly there's a limited amount that one can do, but whatever there is, certainly sending WhatsApp calls, sending messages, talking on the phone so that there's a voice so that the person isn't completely alone 
dropping off food if one if there's a need and doing all the practical things possible to to make the first the, the person feel cared about and to address their, their their primary needs like for example are they warm enough and do they have food for many in old age homes they are also seeing their friends pass away yes. they must have a huge amount of fear there's a huge amount of fear and there's also a huge amount of despair because um you know this is this is totally unexpected and there's a sense of there's no knowing when this is going to end so one doesn't have a sense of structure at all i think that you know that, that there's uncertainty across the board worldwide and when there is this level of uncertainty and a lack of predictability then trauma becomes a lot worse um all our assumptions about what we could rely on before to help um you know aren't necessarily there anymore and so things do become a lot more scary and a lot more traumatic so let's go back to the different phases um you talk about resilience developing resilience and again, my question is, do elder people have more resilience just because they've been through a lot more than teenagers and would they have already developed that? Or then is the need to develop resilience irrespective of your age something that we all need to be doing right now? It's a very individual journey. Um, and I think that resilience is something that we have to keep re- we, we have to keep reinventing our own resilience as we move from one developmental stage to the next because as we get older, there are different life challenges that come about, come about. And, um, so resilience really has got a lot to do with being able to bounce back. If we look at the, uh, at the strict, um, definition of resilience, it's the capacity to adapt. And, um, how, how is one adapting to the trauma? How is one bouncing back? And so really resilience is often built up in early childhood when there's a sense that the child's needs have been cared for. And we know that children who have uh, strong emotional connections with their parent figures often develop uh, that that is where they learn resilience. We learn resilience in connection and we learn resilience uh, as a, a way of knowing how we're going to navigate trauma and how we're going to hold on to hope. And certainly, I think that there are people who have more or less resilience. And when I shared some of my model in the corporate world, there were people who came up to me and said, well, you know, I came from a family where I didn't have a mother or a granny or a dog or a nanny or anybody that made me feel really special. And I had to develop and look after myself. And there are, of course, those exception to the rules and um, those, those, those children who managed to cope and managed to do really successful things in the world despite very, very little early support. Um, and so I think that coming back to your question, there are a lot of aging people who have a lifetime of resilience behind them and know how to adapt and bounce back. And certainly teenagers do too. But I would say as we move, as we get older, we need to develop different resilient skills to cope with the challenges. So what kind of skills do you think we should be developing four months into lockdown? Well, I would hate to give broad um, sort of pan, sort of trite views about how to, uh, you know, how to develop resilience. But I think that really I would appeal to everybody to look at their at their coping skills and to kind of um, reaffirm their coping skills because we've all been through trauma before. We haven't been through 
COVID, but we've all been through life difficulties where we've learned to adapt and we've learned coping skills that have either worked for us or haven't worked for us. So what I believe is important is for everybody to look at their own histories and their own skill set and their own coping skills and mastery and use some of who they already are to bring to bear on giving them some confidence about being able to navigate the the difficulties that lie ahead. And I, what I would say is it's very much an individual thing, but resilience is very much community support. And knowing how to reach out to other people is extremely important. And I think that cultivating a sense of self-compassion is or self-empathy is important in the sense that people are trying the best that they can. But I think that to be perfectionistic now about anything that one's doing is quite, is counterproductive because for many of us, concentration and memory is a bit compromised. And because we're living in this environment where we are afraid and where there is trauma, people might not be performing at their best and certainly to have some understanding of that and to just continue moving forward and affirming everything positive that one is doing. I think that that's very important. I think that's absolutely excellent advice, uh, Tracy. These are such difficult times at so many different levels. I know people are struggling emotionally, economically, if you're worried about getting sick, physically when they are sick, seeing other people getting sick. And um, I think your your tips are really good and very useful. If anybody would like to get hold of you, what should they do? Uh, my email is T-F-A-R-B-E-R at telcomsa.net. And um, I'll leave my cell number with you, Sharice. With pleasure. And if anybody's looking for Dr. Tracy Farber, um, you are welcome to contact me and I'll give you her contact details. Farber, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much, Sharice, as always, for being such a helpful and concise interviewer. It's an absolute pleasure. Tracy Farber, a clinical psychologist dealing in trauma, suggesting how we cope with COVID-19.